Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Exploring Faith, the podcast series from the Salvation Army in Morley. This week, for the first time, we start to turn our thoughts towards Christmas. For the next five weeks, our podcasts will follow the main service from Morley. In this episode, Richard looks at preparing for Advent, with the meeting themed on Waiting for a King. If you want to hear more from us, all of our services are streamed live at 10.15 every Sunday on both Facebook and YouTube. Just search Morley Salvation Army. The word Advent, as we've already said as well, is, and many will be aware of, means coming. When something is coming, we wait for it with anticipation. I think I've told you before that I'm not very good at waiting. I get a bit impatient. We'll look at patience in a couple of weeks in our Advent journey. But when we're forced to wait for something, Many of us, like me, are not good at that. And this year seems that we've been involved in an awful lot of waiting. What about waiting for a delivery to arrive? I don't know about you, but uh, normally I get a message that says it'll be any time between 7am and 5pm, Mr. Weston. On Friday I was waiting for something that I needed fairly urgently. And I received a message on Friday morning that said it would be with me any time before 10pm. That didn't go down well at all. Many delivery companies nowadays have apps that you can use to track your delivery, to track the driver. You know where your takeaway is. You can watch it coming down the road. You know where your parcel is and you can get prepared to receive it when you know exactly when it's coming. What are you waiting for this Advent? I guess most of us are waiting to see what we will be allowed to do. What will Christmas look like? Many of us want to know what restrictions we will be under before we can think about parties and presents and gifts and celebrations. Perhaps you're just looking for some time off or a peaceful end to a challenging year. I don't know, but you'll know what you're waiting for as we approach Christmas. In the midst of all that's going on at the moment, Advent asks us to listen for a deeper whisper echoing down through history, radiating across the world. A king is coming. A king is coming. The wisdom of the church, having seasons such as Lent and Easter and Advent and Christmas, is that we can worship differently as we travel through the year. We can engage with different postures and emotions as the seasons change. Some worship, like that at Easter and Christmas, is full of celebration and praise. You may have noticed that Lent is quite different. It tends to be about things like simplicity, confession and sacrifice. And traditionally within the Salvation Army is when we, we think about self-denial and we hold our self-denial 
altar service. Advent has an even more mysterious character. It is about yearning, waiting, anticipating. The prayer of Advent is, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, King Jesus. Today we don't talk so much about kings, but we do long for new rulers, for changes in authority and power. In recent years we've seen a rise in political activism, engagement and protest. This year as COVID-19 has been a big headline, other big headlines have been things like Black Lives Matter and the American election. All three of these headlines have seen protests in one form or another. But beyond politics, we are also aware that our lives are shaped and controlled by other unelected influences. Business, media, technology. And if we look even deeper, we see the insidious authority of what the Bible calls the kingdom of this world, or principalities and powers or the dominion of darkness. The human race is waiting, anticipating, yearning for a new ruler. What the Bible calls the true king of an alternative kingdom. By the time Jesus came, the people of Israel had waited a long time for their promised king. 600 years before Jesus' birth, the king of Babylon had destroyed Jerusalem and taken the people of God into exile. Shortly after this, while Daniel is living under Babylonian rule, he has a vision from God. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Because of this prophecy... Israel had something to hope for, something to wait for. They had a vision of a time when someone sent from God would establish an everlasting kingdom. This and many other prophecies gave Israel the sense that their new king was coming, that God was sending his Messiah who would liberate them from captivity. Eventually, the Israelites were released from Babylon, yet they remained for the most part under the oppression of the Persians and then the Greeks, and then finally the mighty Roman Empire. The Roman Caesars called themselves the sons of God and demanded that all their subjects pledged allegiance to Caesar as Lord. Anyone who resisted was crushed under the military weight of the Roman army. 600 years had passed, and yet for Israel, the Messiah establishing his new kingdom seemed further away than ever. And then 
miraculously, he comes. Their promised Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus. He even uses the Son of Man title to refer to himself, saying in language which echoes those words from Daniel 7 a moment ago, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. With this and many other statements, Jesus shows himself to be the promised Messiah and King. And yet there is a twist to this tale. Jesus' idea of king is almost the exact opposite to the kind of king that anyone was expecting. Israel was anticipating a powerful ruler who would defeat Rome and establish a political kingdom on earth. But Jesus announces that his kingly rule, the kingdom of God, will be a paradoxical and subversive kingdom. When he is being questioned by Pilate, a powerful Roman leader, Jesus answers him by saying, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. The kingdom of Jesus is an upside-down kingdom. The first are last, the poor are blessed, outcasts are welcome, light shines from the darkness, life comes out of death, and victory comes from sacrifice. Powerful and religious people can't accept this kind of king, but the least, the downtrodden, and those whom society rejects, come to see that they are invited to be part of a very different kind of kingdom. And that is why Paul can tell the very ordinary people of that small town of Colossae that God has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people, in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of of the son he loves. If you are a Christian, you belong to a new kingdom. You have been set free from captivity of the dominion of darkness. Your identity is not primarily about your country of birth, your family or your politics. You are first and ultimately a citizen of Jesus' kingdom. This kingdom is bigger than a political or geographical area because this king is the one who created politics and geography in the first place. The sun, we read, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus' kingdom is so spacious and roomy that it includes all things. You, the church, governments, business, 
the environment, in fact the whole universe and beyond. The coming of our King Jesus means that we as individuals are healed and saved and brought into his kingdom. At the same time, it means infinitely more than that, that everything will eventually be healed and saved through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So what are we waiting for? The king is coming. In fact, in one sense for us, the king has come. The unexpected, upside-down kingdom of Jesus has burst into our world and we can be people who declare that coming kingdom to everyone around us. Everything we do in our lives, our families, our work, our hobbies, our celebrations, our passions, all of it should be done in the light of Jesus being the true king and his reign breaking out on earth as it is in heaven. So the challenge for us is to make this prayer Come, King Jesus. Come to be the centre of our Advent this year as we prepare for the preparation. To learn what it means to live with expectation and hope for the coming kingdom of God in our world. For this kingdom will know no end and its glory shall know no bounds for the majesty and power of this kingdom's king has come and this kingdom's reign and this kingdom's rule and this kingdom's power and authority. Jesus, God's righteousness revealed.